Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman, and this week we have a special guest with eToro Market Analyst Simon Peters joining the podcast. Hi, Dylan. Good to be on the podcast again. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's been, been a while. It's been a few months since I've been on last. Yeah, great to have you. So on this week's podcast, we'll be discussing all things crypto. First thing first, though, Simon, what's been happening this last week? Uh, well, it's been an interesting week for crypto, should we say. We've seen a dip in the overall market cap. So we were hovering at around uh, 2.2 trillion. Um, we're now down to about 2 trillion. But interestingly, the uh, Bitcoin dominance has fallen pretty significantly in the last few weeks and months. So what I mean by the market dominance is the overall um, percentage of the market cap attributed to Bitcoin. So we've seen that uh, be or seen that decreasing against uh, alts, which in turn shows that, well, if you look at it from the other way around, alts are somewhat gaining against Bitcoin, which is um, throwing in the question of are we going to see an alt season or not? We'll have to wait and see there. Well, the topics that we're discussing today are, as you probably have guessed, uh, going to be Bitcoin, obviously, and then also Ethereum and Cardano. So let's start with Bitcoin then, shall we? It's been a, an interesting last week. What's been happening? Yeah, so we've seen the, the run up to the all time high now, $64,000. I think a lot of that was due to the anticipated Coinbase IPO. But since then, over the weekend, we have seen a full, um, the price dropping down to around $50,000. And um, we've seen a little uptick in recent days, sort of trading at 55. But um, I think fundamentally, overall, things are still going well. Uh, I think what's critical to see with the the drop that we saw, saw over the weekend is that the price stayed above $50,000 and more importantly, stayed above the previous dip that we did see. Um, so still showing signs of an uptrend um, and hopefully we, yeah, we, we get a bounce back and see the price move to $64,000 again and possibly beyond it. Yeah, you touched on it there that the fact that it went down, you know, a dip of sort of $5,000, $6,000. But then it did show some strong support levels, didn't it, at above $50,000 mark. And so are you bullish on Bitcoin moving forward? Uh, yes, in the long term, uh, I am bullish on, on Bitcoin. It's not, not investment advice, it's my own opinion. I think, yeah, looking at the price move as we saw on the weekend, it was critical, in my opinion, to see that um, you know the, the price did hold above that $50,000 level. As I mentioned there, um, more importantly, that it held above the, the previous lows. So we are seeing higher highs and higher lows, which are the definition of upwards trend. So hopefully we continue to see that. If we do see a break below the $50,000 level, then um, my opinion may change somewhat. But I think if you look at the, the, the longer term picture, you know, the, the run we have seen over the last uh, 12 to 14 months, you know, following the March crash of last year, where the price fell to just under $4,000, you know, we're now at $64,000. Um, I do feel there will be perhaps a deeper retracement on the cards, but um, the fundamentals remain positive for the long term. And yeah, if, if the price continues to put in higher highs, higher lows, I'll still remain positive. But I do a, bit, a little bit nervous, shall we say, uh, that we could see a deep retracement at some point because of purely the price moves we've seen in the uh, last 12 to 14 months or so. And looking shorter term, do you expect this um, kind of a bit of a roller coaster uh, couple of weeks of uh, its price? Do you see that continuing or do you think that it will uh, kind of level out a little bit? Well, we are starting to see the, um, the, the highs that are being made are in percentage terms getting less and less compared to the previous high that was made, if that makes sense. So it, it does it does appear to me that momentum is somewhat slowing. 
doesn't mean that we can still push higher, but I think the uh, the market's looking a little bit, or the price action is looking a little bit overbought at the, the minute. And I do feel we could see a uh, a bit of a deeper retracement, possibly down to the, the forty thousand dollar level as an area where we could see um, some major support being found and price stabilize around there before a new wave of investment comes in and pushes the prices back up and beyond sixty four thousand dollars. And it's interesting that the UK government has just launched a task force which will bring together the Treasury and the Bank of England to examine actually um, what a so-called central bank digital currency could look like. It's something that uh, old Rishi Sunak was referring to, I saw on his social media channels, as Britcoin. So what exactly would that look like? Yeah, the the, uh, the, the talk about Britcoin. Um, I mean, the CBDC has been on the cards for a number of years now. Whilst it's been inspired by distributed ledger technology like Bitcoin and other digital currencies, in my opinion, um, it will probably be highly centralized, um, which has some advantages because the central bank can essentially monitor every single unit of currency, which makes uh, illicit crimes such as money laundering or tax evasion much more difficult. But for the same reasons, it could be met with a pushback because each unit of currency can be measured or, or monitored. The questions surrounding uh, privacy could emerge and the central bank could effectively control what you spend your money on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this and how it develops over the years to come. And if, let's call it, Bitcoin does come into fruition or, you know, an equivalent, is that going to be a good or a bad thing for cryptos like Bitcoin? Um, in my opinion, it will be overall good. Um, some may argue that, you know, with the CBDC being launched, what's the need for Bitcoin or other crypto assets? And perhaps there's some argument there. But I think going back to the points I just mentioned regarding privacy and not being reliant on the central authority, it, it may push more people into into looking into um, Bitcoin and other cryptos for this reason. I think society's evolving and the generations today are perhaps not so much uh, pro-government, shall we say, as, as they once were, as, as in previous generations. Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Ethereum, which is, you know, currently around about $2,300. How did this react then in relationship to Bitcoin? Because there's traditionally been a correlation between the two, hasn't there? Yes, and we always see the correlation, I believe, because it's crypto after all. Um, Unlike Bitcoin, Ethereum also saw a dip of a similar magnitude, around 20% from its um, all-time high of $2,500. But I think that whilst it is correlated to Bitcoin, it also has its own fundamentals, Ethereum, which can distort the correlation, if that makes sense. You know, for example, Ethereum is currently moving to 2.0, uh, transition to proof of stake, and there's other various upgrades happening to the current Ethereum blockchain, which could cause the price of Ethereum to react differently to Bitcoin. You know, it could increase at a much greater rate, or it could uh, indeed fall where Bitcoin rises. So it, whilst it can move along with Bitcoin, it also has its unique variables, which can make it less correlated. So Ethereum is often criticized due to its rising network congestion and transaction costs. There's a, an upcoming hard fork, isn't there, which is aimed at improving this, which I believe is called EIP-1559. So can you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, yeah, Ethereum is uh, set to go through uh, another hard fork in July, the, the London hard fork, and this will introduce the uh, EIP-1559, the improvement proposal, uh, which will change the way gas fees are paid on the uh, the current Ethereum blockchain. So at the moment, um, it's, it's as an, an auction basis. So if you, if you want your transaction approved or confirmed sooner, you'd, you'd pay a higher fee to effectively jump the queue. But under the new proposals, the fee will be determined by the level congestion on the network. So be the network itself that uh, calculates the fee and it's not driven by users as such so it, it makes it a lot fairer for users to understand and check if they're paying a fair fee or not because on the current model if it's done as an auction basis they could potentially be paying a lot higher fees than what they really should be so we'll see this um, improvement proposal introduced in the, in the next hard fork the london hard fork which is scheduled for july and see what happens with the gas fees from there 
And so how does that differ then from Ethereum 2.0? Yeah, so Ethereum 2.0 or 2.0 is the, the transition to a new blockchain effectively and a new consensus mechanism called proof of stake. So the current Ethereum blockchain uses proof of work similar to Bitcoin where miners effectively work to solve a, uh, to find a target hash. Whereas on Ethereum going forward, um, this will change to a new proof of stake consensus mechanism driven by validators rather than miners. But the whole idea there is really to, to overcome the problems of scalability. And that, that's the main purpose of 2.0 going forward. Okay. And so are there any potential risks of this hard fork or Ethereum 2.0? Or should it just be, you know, kind of a, a win-win for all? Um, well, given that miners were receiving transaction fees as well as the block rewards and the transaction fees were arguably higher now than where they could be, uh, there, there could be some dispute there. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with the, uh, the Ethereum mining community. But other than that, I think the uh, upgrade should be good for the user experience on the network. And that's probably the most important thing at this moment in time. That all sounds very encouraging then. So are you bullish on Ethereum? Uh, I am bullish on Ethereum, perhaps more so than Bitcoin, to be fair, or other cryptos. The reason for that, we're seeing increased adoption, of course, uh, on Ethereum. It's the main platform for token creation, decentralized finance. You know, we're seeing a lot of um, decentralized exchanges, for example, being built on Ethereum, like Uniswap, which in itself is uh, attracting a lot of interest. NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which of course is a hot topic at the minute, given some of the uh, amounts these NFTs are going for and the types of NFTs as well. You know, Jack Torsey selling his first tweet and um, digital art by Beeple, for example. So the transaction volumes are continuing to increase. Uh, the amount of active users is increasing. Addresses with non-zero balance is increasing. So all of these metrics in the long term, I feel, could overtake Bitcoin. We'll wait and see. And I think when Ethereum does move to 2.0 in the coming years, it will give us a better point of reference to see where Ethereum could be in the future. You mentioned NFTs there. I mean, we could dedicate a whole podcast to, to that topic. It's so uh, so in the news every day at the moment. But anyway, let's let's move on to topic three then, which is Cardano or ADA. Um, so like the rest of the markets had a major sell-off over this last week where it lost about 30% of its value. It's interesting looking at the numbers um, where investors holding ADA for one year or longer has actually greatly diminished in the past year from 54% in April 2020 to a low of of about 12% currently. What do those numbers mean, do you think? Well, going by the data, it's indicating that some of our long-term holders are perhaps taking profits and moving into other areas of the platform. You know, eToro is not just crypto. We'd have stocks as well. And, you know, we are seeing opportunities in the stock market there, especially with uh, some of these reopening stocks, should we say, you know, the, those that have taken a bit of a battering in the uh, the previous year because of coronavirus, but are now starting to uh, to merge given the economy's reopening. But I think at the same time, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the months to come and how investors react to some of the upgrades that are coming to the Cardano network. I think later this year, they'll be introducing um, another hard fork, which will bring smart contract functionality to Cardano. So yeah, whilst we have seen a bit of a dip, it may not be the, the be all and end all for aid investors on eToro. We do a lot of webinars and, you know, Cardano is probably the topic that comes up most in, you know, the, the kind of Q&A sections of these uh, these different sessions that we run. And then if you look at the numbers, there's been kind of a, a bit of an explosion of new traders to Cardano who have been holding it for less than one month. Is it just a, a lot of hype around it or is there something happening with Cardano which has got everyone excited? As I mentioned, so if Cardano is going through a um, an upgrade at the minute. Um, there'll be a, a new or another hard fork at the end of this quarter, or perhaps the start of Q3, which will bring smart contract functionality to the Cardano blockchain. And the whole purpose is really, or what it will do, in my opinion, is put it or it will start to rival the likes of Ethereum as a uh, platform or network for the running of decentralized applications and smart contracts. So we could see that you know, some of that market share that Ethereum currently has transitions over to Cardano, and that could build good things for the, uh, the ADA token going forward. But of 
Also, of course, it is one of those um, cryptos on eToro that um, allows for staking rewards as well. So if you're holding real ADA, you know, you can receive a new Cardano in your portfolio for doing so. When we were talking about Ethereum just now, you mentioned that you're very bullish on it, perhaps more so than Bitcoin. Cardano is in some ways a competitor to Ethereum. And so would you suggest diversifying across them or are you more pro one or the other? Like any asset class that you're looking at, I think diversification is very important. It's um, It can be very difficult to know which crypto is going to move and when. So I think spreading your risk across a number of crypto assets rather than having all your eggs in one basket just makes sense to me. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Before we wrap things up, is there anything else that you think people should be keeping an eye on in the world of crypto? Not necessarily the world of crypto, but for eToro, look, we've just added some new exciting cryptos to the platform this week. Link and Uni. Uh, Link is a, or more specifically, Chainlink is a project I'm, I'm particularly interested in, bringing real world data onto the blockchain. So, so, so while smart tra- contracts are all good and well, um, we don't have the right input to them. What use do they have, in my opinion? So the fact that we're actually able to bring real world data onto blockchain through the, the likes of Chainlink, I feel is a, a critical component to the drive and, and the growth of the crypto industry going forward. So um, I'm happy to see it now available to buy on eToro. Thanks for that, Simon, and thanks for joining this week's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the markets, then please do join us on the Toro Trading School, which you can find by going onto Google. We look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks very much, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com. <laughs>